Well, that was the opposite of fun. Tigers lose to the Kansas City Royals by a score of 4-1. to one. Let's talk about it. All today on Locked on Tigers. You are Locked on Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked on Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Wednesday, May 24th, 2023. Thank you so much for making Locked on Tigers your first listen. Every single day, we are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team, every day. And if you are watching on YouTube, you're like, whoa, this looks way different and hopefully way better. Uh, Yeah, we got a little bit of a makeover here. New graphics, uh, the network, onward and upward, baby. Uh, the network grows, we grow. So, yeah, very, very cool. Uh, we have the show's itinerary over here, logo, uh, plugging other MLB Locked On shows. There's a few of them that you should check out. Locked On MLB is the one today. Here's my name that's always been there and whatever. But uh, it looks awesome. I think it looks way more uh, slick, a little bit more professional, too. It's very cool. So I'm really excited on to the, like I said, onward and upward locked on tigers goes and uh, yeah. Oh, here's to the, the, another new era of locked on tigers. Unfortunately, the debut of these awesome graphics is at the expense of not at the expense of <laughs> goodness, uh, but it is recapping a loss to the Kansas city Royals tigers lose four to one on Tuesday night. Yeah, this was a very, very frustrating baseball game. Uh, Very, very frustrating baseball game. And in terms of enjoyment, not a lot. I'll be honest with you. Not a whole lot. Infuriating, really, is probably the word I would use. Um, Mike Mayers. Mike Mayers. Mike Mayers is a... He's had an eight-year career. Really nice career for himself. Has a career five ERA as a reliever. He's 31 years old, and this is his seventh career start, and he absolutely dominated the Detroit Tigers. Now, I'm not trying to take anything away from what he did. He was executing his pitches well. Uh, The slider was working really well for him, especially the first time through the lineup, the first three innings there. Um, he, He was executing his pitches really well. He was hitting almost all of his spots. He only left a few up, and the Tigers did nothing with him. Uh, he deserves all the credit in the world. I give him nothing but my most respect. He's better at baseball than I ever have been or ever will be. Um, that being said, it's just really frustrating that this team continues to get dominated by players that have resumes similar to this. Like this is so par for the course, right? This is like the least surprising thing ever. I remember one last year, and I'm not trying to compare this offense to last year's offense. As bad as this year's offense is, last year's was historically awful, like genuinely one of the worst offenses in the history of baseball. So I'm not trying to to compare, but this is still, the Tigers have the worst offense in baseball this year. And and not any crazy analytics. There's no arguing in the comment section. Oh, you're too old school. You're too new school, whatever. This is genuinely just runs scored this season. Tigers are in dead last. They were in dead last in April. They haven't been in dead last in May, but they have not been, uh, I think they're still in the bottom five or six, 
And so they haven't climbed themselves out of, for a little bit there in the beginning of May, they weren't the worst offense in baseball. Now they're right back into it. So uh, this is still the worst offense in the league currently. All of baseball, still 30th, right? And I remember an outing last year. I think it was Tristan McKenzie. I might be mistaken. It might. It was definitely the Guardians. So someone can correct me if I'm wrong. I'm pretty sure it was Tristan McKenzie. He was in AAA. And he was struggling. And he had a little bit of an injury thing. But he, he was struggling to start off the season. And so they sent him to AAA. And he got called up for the Detroit Tigers. And like, like the Guardians literally... Would have rather he faced the major league Detroit Tigers than a triple A team. And like, again, last year is not this year. Last year's offense was awful. And thankfully, this year's offense, while still the worst in baseball, has cleared that hurdle, I believe. Which is like the lowest bar ever, okay? The the bar is underground. But like, I'm not trying to compare and contrast the two offenses. I'm just comparing and contrasting the fact that It seems like pitchers that have resumes like this, oh, this isn't even a full-time starter. Oh, we just need a spot star from somebody to get us through the rotation because we have an injury or we have a hole in the rotation at the moment. Oh, this person's been struggling in the majors all season. This is his get-right game. Oh, this person is making his major league debut. Whatever it is, it always seems like people in this situation light us up like a Christmas tree. And that's exactly what happened on Tuesday night. And again, all the respect in the world to this dude. Uh, he, he he was executing his pitches like crazy. And the slider was an unbelievably effective pitch for him. The Tigers had zero answer for it. And he deserves all the credit in the world for going out there and shoving the way he did. Uh, it, it's just, it doesn't make it any less infuriating that this continuously happens against this baseball team over and over and over again. And I I think another reason why this game was so infuriating is because, stop me if you've heard this before, they got on base. Right? They got on base. They had, what, 14 base runners? 12. 12 base runners. They had eight hits and four walks in this ballgame. Actually, when you look at the starters, right? I know we had a pinch-hitting frenzy at the end. We'll get into that at some point. But uh, if you just look at the nine starters, seven of the nine not only got on base, seven of the nine got hits. The only two people that didn't get on base in this ballgame and didn't record a hit that started were Jake Rogers and Spencer Torkelson. We're going to talk about both of them exclusively here in a second. But that... Is just all of this combined just makes an, a recipe for just the most frustrating baseball game ever. And like, obviously that's not true because I feel like I've said that about four different times this year. But every time I don't think that they can eclipse a, a frustration level that I have with them, they find a way to at least get into the same conversation. It's unreal. How, how two biggest things, and this isn't a surprise. This isn't new. I'm not telling you anything. I haven't said a million times already. And we're only two months into the season. Not even this team is genuinely awful 
at timely hitting and clutch hitting with runners in scoring position. Two for seven in this game with 10 left on base, I believe. Yep. But the other thing that I feel like I, I've talked about a decent amount but doesn't get talked about as much as the poor timely hitting and, like, national circuits is this team has negative power. And, the, you know, the one thing, really the only thing that can make up for and trump not having timely hitting, extra base power. You can go one for ten with runners in scoring position. You can go one for 15 with runners in scoring position. If you can have the ability to put the ball into the seats, that's a run no matter how many people are on base or how clutch or unclutch the situation is. It could be two outs, nobody on. The least clutch situation possible, if you can put a ball in the seats, you can still put a run on the board. And I'm not even begging for like a, a 30 home run a season guy at this point. Just give me someone who can consistently put the ball into the gap, maybe. We had 12 base runners in this game. Guess how many extra base hits we had? Zero. 12 base runners, eight singles, and four walks. That is ridiculous. Okay, so now that I've ranted enough about the team overall and my continued and pent-up and boiled-over frustrations with just how inept this offense is and continues to be we'll get into some individual performances after i tell y'all about an app that actually is the definition of clutch in my eyes and that is rocket money we've all heard the term try it free for 30 days it's just enough time to try it and then completely forget about it right in fact over 80 percent of people have subscriptions they've forgotten about you could be wasting money and not even realizing it. Rocket Money helps you find those forgotten subscriptions so you can stop paying for the ones that you don't use. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that helps you find and cancel your unwanted subscri subscriptions. It monitors your spending and it helps you lower your bills all in one place. Do you know that over 80% of people have subscriptions they have forgotten about? That is a crazy high number. And chances are you're one of them, like that Stars app that you went and watched one show on and then forgot about, or that free gaming trial you tried and then never actually even used. It's a quick and easy way to find your subscriptions that you don't want or you don't pay for anymore. And then you just hit cancel and Rocket Money will cancel it for you the easy way. Again, the definition of clutch, over 3 million people have used Rocket Money saving the average person up to $720 a year. That is a boatload of money. So stop throwing your money away, cancel unwanted subscriptions, and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash MLB. That's rocketmoney.com slash MLB. All right, everybody, welcome back here. Segment two of Locked on Tigers. Thank you. If you tune into this show every single day, despite where the team is at, I greatly appreciate y'all. I say despite where the team is at, I'm pretty sure the Twins lost this ballgame, their ballgame. Let's check. Live, uh, I'm recording this pretty late. Um, this is great radio, blah, blah, blah. Uh, they did. The Twins lost 4-3 to three to the Giants. So the Tigers are 21-25 and 25 and two and a half games out of first place. Would you look at that? 
unbelievable stuff. Truly, we live in just <laughs> what's the old saying? If a bear is chasing you, you don't have to outrun the bear. You just have to outrun the rest of the AL Central. I'm pretty sure that's how it went. Um, okay, so individual performances uh, by your Detroit Tigers. Zach McKinstry with another hit. Should have had a walk as well. Instead gets a strikeout. Bad call by the home plate umpire there. I didn't think he had an awful game as a whole, though. That play will get circled for sure because it, it could have cut the cut the deficit from one to four to two to four he sh- it was a ball he should have walked in a run there but i didn't think it was an awful game for him uh all things considered and yeah i don't think it really would have mattered uh this team could can't hit what <laughs> with runners in scoring position they just can't they they forget how to so uh would have lost by two to four instead of one to four whatever Riley Green hitting a walk in this one. Good to see him. Uh, his OPS is now over 750 on the season. Really nice to see him uh, getting the ball rolling there. Javi, Javi, we'll talk about the error later. Just in an all-around, all-encompassing conversation about defense that I want to have because I thought it was pretty embarrassing and pathetic in this ballgame, to be completely honest with you. Um, but yeah, uh, Javi with with a couple of hits, really the only timely hit really of the entire game, RBI single up the middle. Nick Mayton got on base three times, two walks and a hit the opposite way in this ball game. Uh got the hit on a cutter, so high 80s, like 88 mile an hour cutter, if you want to count that. I think that's a variation of a fastball, but to each their own. Um regardless, since the start of the National Series, Nick Mayton's numbers have been a lot better. He's been walking a boatload which is great um, but he actually has gotten a few hits in there as well which is nice to see so we'll we'll talk about him kind of in the same conversation with some other people then yeah a lot of people that had one hit whatever Jake Rogers and Spencer Torkelson Jake Rogers I want to talk about because I have sung the praises of Jake Rogers a lot defensively this season uh, offensively has been a completely different story uh, his numbers on the year he is now has a 163 batting average just for reference Nick Maton has a 168 batting average. Okay. So open the door, let that porcelain sink in. Nick Maton, who everyone has been talking about, has been, you know, like absolutely dreadful and been one of the worst hitters in baseball. Not saying you're wrong, uh, has a higher batting average than Jake Rogers at the moment. Um, Jake Rogers has been walking a decent amount, which I know you don't want to hear because I said the same, I've been saying the same thing about Nick Maton. Both are objectively true, whether you like it or not. Rodgers has been walking a, an okay amount, not you know anything ridiculous, but he, he's gotten his walks, and he's run into some some homers, some timely homers, grand slam in St. Louis, uh, three-run homer or grand slam against Boston opening weekend. I can't remember, but that was a lot of runners on base. He's run into to, to some some power at times. The issue is, if it's not a walk or like, a home run once every two weeks, uh, he's not getting a hit. And he's batting ninth for a reason. Um, it's it's frustrating. It's all frustrating. Everything's frustrating. And, like, if you look at Jake Rogers' career at the major league level, when he first got called up, he could not hit for anything. Then, 2021 happens, He's hitting pretty well. Then obviously blows his arm out, needs Tommy John, misses all of last season, and now we're here. Um, I, I, I expect, and I think we should all expect, the batting average to get higher. 
not expect in terms of like, oh, he's way better than this necessarily. Just in terms of like, it should be higher. You should be, you should have a higher batting average than 163 toward the end of May. Um, but I kind of, I'm always going to expect him to be a low batting average. If he draws his walks and runs into some homers, you need to get those homers to be a little more frequent for it to be worth a 163 batting average. Like you're not Adam Dunn, right? So that's a conversation that I think is very fair to have about the struggles that Jake Rodgers, and especially just his last two or three weeks have just been especially bad at the plate. He has not been doing a whole lot of really anything since the Grand Slam in St. Louis, it feels like. So that's something to keep an eye on. He does bring a ton of value behind the plate. I still maintain that, but golly, he is really going through it at, well, at the plate still, but in the batter's box rather. Um, And then Spencer Torgelson goes over yesterday, literally yesterday. I was just saying that I thought his pitch selection on which pitches he was swinging at had improved. And then in this ball game, there was one at bat where I was like, eh, that probably could have been a hit, right? The one with runners on base, he hits a hard line drive. Uh, well, it was a grounder actually to the right side and the first baseman makes a diving play and they get out of the inning. Jake Rogers, to be fair to him as well, had like a 720 expected batting average on a line drive up the middle that got a diving catch against it as well. So the Tigers were like just, it was within reach. The whole game, it was very much within reach. Just weren't able to take advantage. So, uh, yeah, Torgelson, I did not think, looked very good at the plate in this ballgame. Jake Rogers continues to struggle. Outside of that, uh, uh, not a whole lot else to report. A pretty meh ball game with a lot of walks and singles and nobody coming up when, uh, when the moment called for it. Now, let's talk about Eduardo Rodriguez, who is the other storyline in this ballgame. Uh, he, his final line, rather, would be five innings, Eight hits, four runs, only two of them earned, two walks and nine strikeouts. His ERA goes up to two one nine on the year. Still very impressive. Uh, yeah, I, I I'll be honest with you. I did not understand the uh, and like this is just what I saw on the internet. I'm not saying this is like everybody, uh, but I, I did not understand the frustration with Eduardo Rodriguez in this ballgame. Uh, was he? the 0.3 ERA that he maintained over like five starts? No. But if you expected him to maintain that throughout the season, that's your own fault. Um, that that was obviously not sustainable. He would be the greatest pitcher to ever live if it was. Uh, so th- this was not like some atrocious start. Uh, he did not give up a ton of like extra base hits. He wasn't giving up a, a boat, you know, no home runs against. I think they had one double, maybe two. Um, and yeah, the, this was just, he was trying to nibble because when he's at his best, he has the ability to nibble and, and have it be successful and work for him. He was just missing his spots most of the game, just by a few inches, not anything like awful. He wasn't missing his spots by a foot but he was just missing his spots enough to raise the pitch count, not be a very efficient outing. And then when he was forced to throw the ball in the strike zone or else he was going to start walking people, they took advantage and they hit him all over the yard for a lot of singles, just a boatload of singles. And uh, there was a couple doubles in there, like I said, but for the most part. So yeah. And then on top of that, you have a Javi Baez error. 
that, uh, again, we'll get into when we talk about the defense here in segment three, that uh, was really the <laughs> – I, I said yesterday, giveth and taketh away, Javi does. Uh, it, it just – it's felt a lot more taketh away than, than giveth, unfortunately. And that's that's too bad. I, I hope that he turns it around. I mean, nobody's surprised by the Javi Baez experience at this point. We're all very well aware of uh, of the type of player that he is and what he's been doing so far in a Tigers uniform. But that that's just that that's a play that needs to be made. And at the end of the day, it didn't matter because this offense was awful when it when it mattered most yet again but that's still a play that needs to be made and he gets out of that inning without giving up at least one run probably two if Javi just makes that throw there so yeah only two of these runs are earned and he still had nine strikeouts in five innings which is like a very very good number I, I he went to the slider a lot we'll get into like the breakdown of like what made his start his start right after I tell you all about our friends over at bird dogs bird dogs are awesome they are the best shorts i have ever owned uh like comfortably uh, comfortably get it that's kind of funny they sent all the hosts a couple of pairs of their shorts just so that we could try and we knew what we were talking about they are my favorite pair of golf shorts that i own now and the thing is they're versatile they are not only my favorite pair of golfing shorts but I wear them when I'm just lounging around my place or uh, when I'm going out to dinner or whatever. They are the definition of versatile. And the biggest thing is they are just the most comfortable shorts I've ever worn. Uh, legitimately my favorite pair of shorts and, and one of my favorite just pairs of articles of clothing, period. Uh, they, they have cotton blend, polyester. They are the best. So go to birddogs.com slash locked on MLB. And when you enter promo code locked on MLB, they will throw in a free custom bird dogs, Yeti style tumbler with every single order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on MLB and enter promo code locked on MLB. All right, everybody. Welcome back here. Third and final segment of locked on tigers. So we are talking about Eduardo Rodriguez. Uh, yeah, this was kind of a weird start. Yeah, it was very fastball heavy, which is not weird. Uh, but I think the other pitches just like he maybe just didn't have a feel for the the other pitches because he only threw 10 cutters the entire outing. He only threw nine sinkers the entire outing and only threw eight changeups the entire outing. But 47 four-seam fastballs in the slider, which throughout his entire career has been comfortably his least thrown pitch. Like mostly when we break down at Juan Rodriguez's starts, he throws the slider like twice, an entire outing. He'll throw 100 pitches. Two of them will be the slider. In this game, he threw 16 of them. And it was actually like comfortably his best pitch. He had a 56% CSW percentage called strikes plus whiffs percentage. Just the percentage uh, of, well, either called strikes or swinging miss strikes, right? Non-foul ball strikes. Over half of the sliders he threw in this ballgame were strikes. Very, very impressive. He was timing it up well. Also, six of them uh, went to, who was it? Oh, Melendez for the Royals. 
that dude was just swinging and missing at sliders low and away the entire outing. I'm pretty sure six of these ta- 16 sliders rather were just low and away to him, and, and he just struck out. Good morning, good afternoon, good night, both ABs against Erod that he had. But, um, yeah, j- it was a weird start, but he made an adjustment because it was working, and he, he stuck with it. And uh, this really just felt like a game where maybe he just didn't have either his, his best stuff, A, uh, but also, he just didn't have uh, the the pinpoint command that he did have for those five starts. And so he went back to the tried and true, which is just trying to locate his fastball. And he got hit around the yard a little bit. Eight eight hits is not a small number. That, that's, a, that's a lot of contact, a lot of hits against. And so here we are. So was it the, the master class fantastic performance that he ha- had made us accustomed to? Uh, during that five or six start stretch? No, obviously not. But A, that was ridiculous to assume that that pace was going to last the entire season. And B, this loss, if you're ranking reasons why we lost this ball game, Erod is nowhere close to the top. Nowhere close. The, the second highest paid player on the team made an error at shortstop that cost the team two runs. And so we only had two earned runs against him. And the offense... Gave him one run. Erod was legitimately the best pitcher in baseball for his first, whatever, seven starts of the season. And he had the second worst run support in at least the American League. Maybe one of the lowest run supports in all of baseball. Like his record on the season. I know pitching wins and losses don't actually mean like how good of a performance necessarily that pitcher had. But he's like 500. And, and and he gave up, like, two runs across five starts or whatever. This offense still has such a long way to go, which is why I'm not coming on here and telling you that this, like, erasing this two and a half games back out of first place, whatever thing, is, like, going to happen. This offense has such a long way to go before uh, I'm going to get on that train. Okay, now let's end with the defense and then we'll talk about the finale a little bit at the end. So the defense in this game, it wasn't, I mean, the Javi Baez error can't happen again. We've we've beaten that. We're we're done talking about that, whatever. That that was obviously not great and, and cost the team runs. There was a play Riley Green made early in the game that made me want to, I don't even know, scream, I guess. Very, very frustrating. It was either the first or the second inning, and there was a man on first. I believe there was one out, and there was just a single up the middle. Riley Green going in to field the ground ball on the single up the middle, and the base runner is at second base. He looks out into center field, realizes that Riley Green has zero urgency to him. He's not even running. He just has completely let up. He is walking to the baseball. And he just goes, don't mind if I do, and runs and takes third base. That kind of stuff absolutely cannot happen. You are the worst offense in baseball. You cannot afford to be giving up 90 feet at any point. You can't. Not like, oh, it's it, it, yes, it's bad baseball. And yes, it's it's bad, just like basics. It's bad mechanics. It's bad, yes. All of that is true. 
but you literally can't afford it because you have the worst offense in the sport. You absolutely cannot do stuff like that. And that is the stuff that drives me more mad than anything else. Right? Yes, the offense sucks. We get it. I've said that a billion times this episode. I apologize for the broken recordness of that statement. But if you don't have the players, it's not going to happen. Yes, this team has not gone 500 since 2016. There's not been a lot of winning. You might not have the talent that other teams have. You might not have the personnel that other teams have. Alavila may have been your general manager for the last seven years and left you with absolutely nothing. That's all very fine and dandy and very true. The one thing you can control is, I almost just swore, is stuff like that. And that's the unacceptable stuff that I just absolutely cannot stand. And we've talked about it a few times. Riley Green just missed a routine ground ball on a ball hit up the middle just over the weekend against Washington. Ball just went under his glove. Runner got to take another 90 feet. We had a thing in the Boston series on opening weekend. Well, home opening weekend. Where Riley missed the cutoff man and a runner advanced another 90 feet. And I'm not trying to just be like, oh, Riley Green, whatever. Riley Green, I think, is the future of this franchise. I think he's going to be a phenomenal baseball player. Everyone has done this. Matt Veerling took the worst route on a baseball in the outfield in yesterday's, two days ago's game, the first game of this Kansas City Royal Series, that I've seen since the 0-16 Lions. That is the kind of stuff you, you, you can control that. You can control that. You cannot allow that kind of stuff to happen. It's so frustrating. Looking ahead, uh, the series finale is on Wednesday. Let me get a time for uh, the fine listener who requests that I uh, give that. It is a 740 first pitch. Uh, Matthew Boyd against Zach Grinke. Zach Grinke is 1-5 with a 482 ERA on the season. Uh, now, Rich Hill dominated us. Adam Wainwright dominated us for five innings. Then we got to him a little bit in the sixth. Uh, if we're looking at like elder statesmen of the game that don't have high velocity. Tigers have a horrible track record against them so far this season. And when I said yesterday the Tigers should probably sweep the Royals, they should. They, this, they lost a the game. That's, that sucks. This team's awful. But the reason why the Royals are awful is not because they don't score any runs. It's because of the pitching. Brady Singer, who you faced in game one, is a seven and a half ERA on the season. You faced a guy in game two who's 31 and had seven career starts and was a five ERA reliever. And now in game three, you're facing like maybe farewell tour. I don't know if Grinky said anything about retirement or not. I haven't kept uh, tabs on that situation, but like, Pushing five ERA, one in five record, Zach Grinke in 2023. So bad pitching meets worst offense in baseball. And here we are. Series split so far, two games in. Got to go win game three if you want people to even take you remotely seriously. Because if you don't, Then you just dropped two of three to Washington and two of three to Kansas City. 
That doesn't sound like a competitive baseball team to me. So go win. Thanks for making Lockdown Tigers your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube, uh, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. A shout out to the everydayers that do tune in every day. I greatly appreciate y'all for real. Uh, the support of this show has led us to looking like this, looking all fancy and professional. Look at us go. Um, okay. So, yeah, thank you again. I think now you get to watch this cool outro video that we have now, too. Watch this. Watch this. Ready? Peace and love. Going to therapy is dope. I'll catch you all tomorrow, baby. Go Tigers.